0: Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife, Simone, we are the Senior Pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message.
1: Well, my mother's day morning was great. I got waffles and um, I got, you know, what every mum needs from Lexi. Uh, she, We gave her five bucks to go to her uh, school stall, Mother's Day stall. And I got what every mum needs. I got an LED torch, but not just any LED torch. I got a blinged out LED torch. So she was so proud. Yes, I love her. And I got lots of handmade gifts, which is beautiful. Um, but today, um, this word that God's been bubbling up in my heart um, is not just for our mums, but it's one of us. Um, and I wanted to start with this powerful quote by one of my faves, Corey Ten Boom, and she says, every experience God gives us, every person he puts in our lives is a perfect preparation for the future that only he can see. You know, I only, have only spent a handful of moments with my grandmother, my dad's mum, and um, she lives in El Salvador, and that's where we're from. But the moments that I carry in my heart um, about her are so significant um, and have taught me so much about the legacy that I actually want to leave behind. And one of the stories I want to share with you was um, I went to El Salvador for the first time in 2008, the year before I became Mrs. David Fuentes. Um, and I um, remember going to visit my grandmother there, live in a humble place, a humble home, And um, I remember that about the third time I spent time with her, um, we were inside and she was just telling stories about my dad when he was growing up, my uncles and my aunts. Um, And then the ground started to shake, literally. So, if you know anything about El Salvador, um, earthquakes are quite um, normal, I would say normal. hopefully not anymore, but at that point they were. Um, And so the ground started to tremble and my aunt comes running in like a mad woman. Get the girl out of the house! And my grandmother, without flinching, she took my hands and she was like, no, we're going to pray. And I don't remember her prayer. I just remember the authority and the boldness that she prayed it with. And I am not lying. As soon as she said, amen, the earthquake stopped all the trembling stopped. And I was like, wow, wow, this is my grandmother. (laughs) Strong, faithful women and men, they run in my family. And I don't know about you, I don't know about your family, but I don't want it to end in my lineage. I don't want it to end with me. And this moment during an earthquake is an heirloom of faith that I carry with me, that I want to pass in Judah. Psalm 78 says, but that's our main passage today, so if you can open your iPhones, your Bibles, whatever you got, to Psalm 78 in the ESV version. We're going to just read from 1 to 8. Sorry if you guys got the whole Psalm up. Um, But it says, My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, Then they would put their trust in God, his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. So the the title of my sermon today is No Generation Left Behind. You know, what I love about this church, not just us at Numa West, but about Numa Church globally, is that it's so diverse And there are people of different ages and stages and cultures. And that's no accident. Just as the generations are no accident. There's a beautiful heavenly and strategic reason we're all born at the time and the place that we are. And you know, right now, we've got lots of groups of generations. We've got the baby boomers, 1943 to 1964. Do we have any baby boomers in the house? No one, no one, okay, all right, we're we're a young church, okay, Generation X, 979, I won't get anyone to turn, put their hands up now, we've got the Millennials, 1980 to 2000, that's me, I'm a Millennial, okay, I'll put my hand up, okay, okay, it's getting, okay, we've got lots of Millennials, we've got Generation Z, 2001 to 2013, and then Generation Alpha, which continues from 2014. But one thing that I started noticing um, when I was in uni, actually, um, and I was studying the different generations um, and the social issues that have affected each one over the years is that there's almost a disdain for the other generations, like a readiness to blame the previous generations for what's the current issues, right? Just me? Or have people noticed that? Like I'm sure there are libraries of books about baby boomer, negative baby boomer rhetoric, right? And now we're insulting each other and it's trending like all those millennials with their skinny jeans and their outdated emojis. What an embarrassment. I would be a part of that said embarrassment because I'm a millennial. And don't even get started about Generation Z and Generation Alpha. And it doesn't just happen in our society. It happens in our families. It happens in the church. And I really feel that the enemy tries to pick generation versus generation because he knows how powerful it is when we're all together in unified community, no matter what age, what stage, what nationality, no matter what, right? Right? There is nothing that the enemy is most afraid of than a church united in their love of Jesus. Because that is passed down. It is stirred up. It is shaken up. And it flows out into the streets. And it affects people in a way that only the Holy Spirit can. And you know, one of the things growing up, working and just hearing from adults and then working with families and working with adults and young people is that, You know, working with the parents, first of all, in a variety of different settings, I've heard, I just don't, their clothes, their music, their choices. And in turn, when I've worked with the young peoples, especially when I've been working in families, I've heard, I just don't feel understood. They don't understand me, right? There's this universal thing. And I just wanna get one thing straight. We really need to work really hard at communicating with each other, because as quick as we're evolving, Every generation learns to communicate in new ways, in different ways. For example, I wish I had props, that's what I was thinking today. But anyway, my parents, when I was growing up, had an analogue phone. Who had an analogue phone? Who, does it, no one know who an, what an analogue phone is? Does anyone here not know what it is? Oh, everyone knows, okay. So, okay, I had an analogue phone, yep, yeah, and I saw some hands. I grew up, when I was about 15, we got a cordless phone, and it was groundbreaking. It has no cord. Oh, man. This is amazing. But my kids, Lexi and Jay, they will see those two things in two places. At a museum, all they know is an iPhone, right? Yes? That's some kids in the place? So, for example, when I was in school, we had this groundbreaking thing called the Encyclopedia Britannica, right? Does anyone remember that? There were books, right? And they had pictures in them. They were awesome. And then they got really high-tech and they had CDs that you would put in your CD tower where we had the floppy disk as well, right? So high-tech, right? I just couldn't stand it. But now we have Google, right? Just at a, at a click. We also have Wikipedia, so maybe that's a regression. I don't know. I digress. But, for example, when I was growing up, we used Melways. Who remembers Melways, right? You know what? I, was, I always tell Dave this. When I was, the kids always, like, I'm so bored in the car. I'm like, T- look outside. When I was growing up, I would use the Melways, and I would look up to see, oh, how many Sonia streets are there, you know, at the back, because I had an index of all the streets in Mel... But now you Google Maps app, which is awesome. It calculates, like it tells you if there's an accident, you should go another way. It gives you like all these different routes. But our communication has changed. It's not the same. And so it's understandable that we would say, I don't understand and they don't understand, right? But I know that we can be and build bridges. And we can meet each other where we're at. It's possible, and this is how I know. We're going to use our Bibles a little bit this afternoon. Is that okay? Yeah. Mary and Elizabeth. Luke 129. Um, oh sorry, Luke 139. It says, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now everyone knows the story. Mary gets this visitation by this angel and says, you're going to have this baby and it's God's baby's name, so you're going to name him Jesus. Mary was frightened. Like, yes, she was freaking out, if that's what the version was out. So who did she go and see? It doesn't say she went to talk to her mum. She could have done that. It doesn't say that, though. It says that she went to visit Elizabeth, who we know was also pregnant with John the Baptist. Right? Someone, a spiritual mother that she could trust and someone who would understand. We have Simeon and Anna. In Luke 2 28, it says, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God. Then Simeon blessed them. So, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, 37. Oh, sorry. And then there was a widow until she was 84. Till she was a widow until eighty-four, coming up to them at that very moment when Simeon was with Jesus, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the the redemption of Jerusalem. Isn't that beautiful? Right. Another example of just generations loving and praying for one another, and people praying for them, people who had been praying for Jesus, for the Messiah. Then. We know the famous one, Timothy, his mother and his grandmother. It says in 2 Timothy, I'm filled with joy, and this is Paul speaking, as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother, Lois, who passed it on to your dear mother, Eunice. And it's clear that you too are following in the footsteps of their godly example. You know, one of the things that I love about this one is that the legacy of his family preceded him. You know, isn't that beautiful? And then you have Paul and Timothy, of course. He says in Timothy 1-2, he says, sorry, 1 Timothy 1-2, to Timothy, my true child in the faith. And we read the beautiful instructions between a spiritual father and a spiritual son. And they're pictures of generations crossing over and going on journeys with each other, and felt the Holy Spirit has impressed on my heart that we need to contend for our unity as the church. And we do this in prayer. Of course, we need to pray for the unity, but there are also other ways in which we can do this. And I think we need to focus more on what we do have in common because there are so many reasons to say, I don't understand them and they don't understand me and we'll just never agree on stuff. I'm just going to stop having these conversations, you know, all of that. And we all have our version of that in our own lives. So one, regardless of our age, one thing we all have in common is that we're all children of God. Amen. Regardless of our age, In 1 John 3, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. So baseline, right? At the very baseline of it all, we are all children of God. So it doesn't matter what age, stage, we are all of God. We are all here for such a time as this. We are all the church. All here present are the church. Whether you're 15 or you're 65, you are the future of this church. We are all here in the present to build this church, God's church. This is it. This is our time to race. As a church, this is year 96, for Newman Church. Can you believe that? 96 years. That is our legacy. That is our heritage. 96 years. And our race is now. We've been past the baton to continue the race. In verse 5, it says he decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. You know, we're commanded to teach our children. If we believe in God, if we, you know, really believe the word of God, we're commanded to teach our children so that they would also know, right? But we're also commanded to teach each other as a family. We're covenant family. And I've just been praying for those of you and those a part of our family who haven't seen their family even up to two years, you know, coming into this COVID thing that we've had. Even before COVID, we have lots of different families represented in this church. You know, maybe you have just like a normal nuclear family. You know, maybe you come from a broken family, but we're all here and we all belong to each other no matter where we've come from. And as Galatians 6.10 says, so then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are in the household of faith. You know, there's power. It's so powerful to see women who are further on in the journey of life, who have lived, take the younger women under their wing and just pray for them, go on a journey with them, disciple them right there are there's such power in girls who are or younger women who are a little bit for fatig- take our young girls from our newer youth under their wing and just pray with them walk out the journey with them be there as a sounding board come on there is such power in men who have lived and have wisdom right teaching the younger men the lessons that God has taught them and so on and so on And, you know, a lot, I would say, a lot of societal issues that we are seeing today in our world are exacerbated, yes, by a lack of connection to God, but also of a lack of connection to community. There is a cunning lie of the enemy that we can and we need to do life alone. That no one would understand the shadows or the dark places of our lives, let alone help me walk through it, help me carry it. And that's a lie. It's a lie of the enemy because that's not God's heart. And I see it a lot with the families that I work with. So as Dave said before, I work for an organisation outside of church. And I work, don't have anyone. They don't have family. They don't have any connection to community. And it's hard for us as workers because, you know, we are the most consistent people in these families or even that young person's life. Which is bittersweet because it's heartbreaking, but it's also a privilege that we are there to walk out this journey with them. But hey, church, let us never underestimate the power of connecting in community. Let us never underestimate this community. Let us never underestimate our discipleship culture because they help us to be vulnerable and to build up our lives on God's truth. It's powerful. And I have such hope, like Dave was saying before, when, um, you know, all the mums stood up. I have such hope when I look at the girls and I look at the young women at Numa West. um, And I look at all the, the girls that Lexi has in her world, who are a little bit further on, maybe, you know, secondary school or, you know. And I think, thank God that she has these people who will speak into her life. When she gets to that stage of her life where she reaches out for that outside counsel, and I thank God for the boys and the men a part of this community, for Judah, who when he gets to that stage will speak into his life and who will be there for him as well. It is powerful when we integrate, when we connect in community. Can I just say, older and wiser, mature here. Please don't feel that you were useful when you were younger and now you're just here to age out. Paul was old. Elizabeth was old when God asked them to step out in faith again. Proverbs 20:29 20, says the glory of the young is their strength yes but the gray hair of the old You are never too old to pick up the purpose of God in your life that maybe you've put down And you know what I want to say something over you aging is a privilege that not everyone gets to live Just this week I've heard stories upon stories about lives taken too quick and I've heard over and over this is what I mean God has been bubbling up this word in my heart aging is a privilege and the mature among us have the privilege of hindsight and they have the rich currency of wisdom that we should always put honor on them and honor on that listen to what they've learned because it will help us on our journey ahead younger ones You are never too young to walk in the purpose that he has for you. We know it. We know this verse, (laughs) backwards and forwards, 1 Timothy 4.14. Don't let others look down on you because you're young. But I love it in the Passion Translation, it says, and don't be intimidated by those who are older than you, the example they need to see by being faithful and true in all you do. Hey, young people, don't be intimidated by your perceived lack of experience. Or wisdom but run with what God has spoken to you okay let us not underestimate how we can all learn from our kids from the young the enthusiastic from the youth from the younger couples in the church Dave and I learned so much from the younger couples in the church you know, God is calling the younger generations to do things in God that have never been done before. They don't, we don't have a reference point for them. It is something new because we, are, our God is a God of a new thing, right? Of the new thing. And we can be a part of stewarding them in this, right? Let's not take for granted the, the parts, the roles that we can all play. And you know what? Let's be discerning. And prayerful around who? Because God will position people around us. He does. But if we're in the further ahead in life cohort by age or stage, okay, let's be trustworthy and open. Yeah, come on. Good. And if you're in the emerging ones cohort, be bold, step out, ask questions. You know, I remember a young Jade. Jade chants what at that stage? Not Veloso, as we know her now. And I remember being in our, um, I, I, we weren't at West yet. This was before we, we pioneered West. And I remember being in the, in the foyer at our, next to the coffee cart at our city location. And I'd never met Jade before. And she comes up to me. Um, I think I was waiting for Dave. I don't know what I was doing. And she says, hey, I'm Jade. And I would love to take you out for a coffee. I just really feel like I'd love to catch up with you and just ask you questions, get to know you. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Because you know what? At that time, I'd been praying for God to bring girls around me so I could encourage them and go on the journey with them. And that young girl, in his smiling, that smile she does, um, she is an answer to prayer for me. Who is that answer to prayer for you? Who's waiting for you to take them on that journey? And it takes two. It takes all of us. You know, let's not be the ones who only probe people about the next stage in their relationship, like dating, marriage, kids. But let's be people who are willing to journey with people and pray for people in those seasons but also in the complexities around those seasons, like heartbreak and divorce and infertility and trauma, right? We're the church. This is who we are. We're the church. And your life matters. If there's nothing else you hear today, just know this, your life matters. You have purpose. And it is always going to be bigger than just us and our family and our bubble. You know, I love this quote. It's one of my favourite quotes. Could Williamson, and it says, We ask ourselves, Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Your life matters. And God can use our lives beautifully to influence the lives of the people around us. You know, a beautiful example of this in Numa West is the incredible Jit and Betty Lim. Right? We all love Jit and Betty. But personally, yes, for us personally for us, I'm trying to find them. Where are they? I can't see them. Where's Jit? Oh, they're not here. So there you go. They'll hear this on the podcast maybe. But you know, one of the things personally for Dave and I is that Jid and Betty, from when we started West, they have been coming over um, with food. So Jid and Betty come over with food and they feed us when the kids are gone to sleep. They come over and they speak life into us. And at the end of the night, they revive our weary souls in prayer. They never leave without praying and we always are the better off for it. And I know that there are people here who were touched by Jet and Betty as well. We're the church. We are the church. For a people yet to be created, in verse six it says, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in church would tell their children. All of us in this generation, standing in this world right now, The church needs to know that what we do matters. I love what Chris Vallotton says. He says, what you do today echoes in eternity. And in his book, Heavy Rain, it's my favourite dedication. Does anyone else do that? When you open the book, you read the dedication. I love this dedication. It's my favourite. I dedicate this book to my children's 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 children's. Though we will not meet until we get to heaven. I want you to know that I had you in mind as I wrote every page of this book. And I continue to hold you in my heart. You will become the answer to my prayers and the fulfillment of my prophecies. By the time you will read this book, I will be watching you from heaven. Isn't that incredible? Psalm 102, 18 said, Let this be recorded for a generation to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. For this and future generations to know him, one, we must pass on our story. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, registers of divine kindness ought to be made and preserved. We write down in history the calamities of nations, wars, famines and pestilences and earthquakes are recorded. How much rather should we set up memorials of the Lord's loving kindnesses? Isn't that true? If we don't pass, it, pass passed down. There are policies and practices that are getting so embedded in our society. Let's make sure that we embed the goodness of God in our society because our stories carry the power of Jesus. Once I was broken, once I was lost, once I had no hope, once I was depressed, once I was bound by my addiction, but there is one that death could not hold. And he saw me and he loved me as he found me, but he did not leave me broken. And I'll never stop seeing of his faithfulness. Come on, this is the the power that our stories carry. What is the story that you'll tell? What is the story that you'll pass on? We must pass on wisdom. The good, bad, the ugly. And you know, sometimes in trying to make a point, we can fear monger around this. But let's be those that share the bad and the ugly with the heart that is wanting the people around us to be better than us. Not drive fear. It's important to let the younger generations know exactly why they're here. My dad has this beautiful saying, give people flowers while they're alive. Yeah, wow. And one of the things that um, Dave and I have done since we found out we were pregnant with Lexi was we have kept a journal and I do it now on their birthday every year. And I write down exactly what they're doing. I write, you know, their milestones, but I write what we think about them how proud we are of them what we're praying for them what our hopes and our dreams are for them and we sign it mum and dad imagine you know because we can't you know when I think about it I get a little bit morbid because I think of my eulogy I don't know if anyone else does that but I think of it informs me on how to live though And if I am gone, I want my kids to know exactly what I think about them and what my prayers are for them. We need to pass on community. As 25 says, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshipping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaches. You know, sometimes we get into patterns of waiting for people to come to us. And sometimes we get into consumerist mindsets of, you know, wanting to receive but let's not be those that withhold blessing from others. Let's be those that come with a heart ready to give, with a heart ready to pray for someone, give a good word. Instead of coming into church and prayer meetings and work and school, let's get ready with a consumerist mindset. Let's get ready to give because these things become our legacy. What do we leave people with? What will we pass on? You know, in Psalm ninety twelve it says, teach us to number our days that we would gain a heart of wisdom to live with intention, with purpose, to not waste our days, but to live in light of eternity. Let's not opt out of community or building relationship with one another because we don't understand or we don't know one another. Let's focus on what we do have in common. Parents, let us not stop praying for our kids or talking to them or encouraging them. Let's pass on the wonders And the goodness that God has been to us in our life. Let's tell of how our life has been transformed. And once we are connected and grounded in this community in that way, then we can be the church as Anne Voskamp describes. And you realise when you were born where you are, as Esther inside the palace for such a time as now, To risk it all for those outside the gate. And I think we need to tear down our gates and build longer tables and lay out more plates. Because if we can't be the church in here, how can we be the church out there? So, this is the assignment to leave no generation left behind. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. And I thank you for each and every one here. I thank you that you have called and positioned each one for such a time as this. We were not born by accident. Nothing is circumstantial. But you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one. And I just pray right now, God, for those of us who have maybe put stuff down or we haven't picked stuff up that you've put on our hearts that you've spoken to us about. God, I pray that today would be the day that we would pick up those old dreams, that we would dust off those prophecies and that today. I pray that you would give us a heart that is, lives in light of eternity. That is not concerned with wasting times. But that is concerned with living with an eternal perspective, God. Lord, teach us to number our days. That we would gain a heart of wisdom. I pray that each and every person here would not walk away today without knowing that they are valued, that they are loved, that they have a purpose, that their life matters. That you have chosen them for such a time as this. That you've positioned them in their workplaces because there are people there who need to hear their stories. That you've positioned people in universities and in schools because you need people there to hear their stories. That you've positioned us together as a church family, each other, and we need each other. God, help us to remember all the things that we have in common. And all those things revolve around you. Give us a heart that is undivided about you. That we would leave arguments and opinions And criticisms at the door. And that our hearts would expand for more of you. It is not the critic who counts. Give us your heart. Give us your heart. Give us a heart for our community. That our heart would break once again, God for our neighbours, for that person down the street. Help us to be the church, your church, your bride.
0: Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour.